eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here, Logan Paulson there. Let's wrap up. Uh, we'll do another episode of Nick's Numbers. The, the reviews are in. We love we love Nick's Numbers. We'll do that again on Monday with some of the defensive guys. But I wanted to wrap up with uh, a pretty interesting little tidbit that Ron Rivera shared yesterday at the start of his press conference. John Keim, our buddy, our pal, asked him about Sam Howell's uh, improvement from the start of OTAs. And Ron revealed one of the ways they're coaching him in the answer. Um, one of the things that we're doing... Uh, something we, we had done when I was in, in way back when I was in uh, in Chicago. But uh, we mic Sam up uh, so we can listen to him, the way he's handling the, the, the huddle calls, how he's handling things at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's given us a lot of insight in, into that. Uh, we're going to do it with all our quarterbacks, but we started with Sam um, last week. And uh, so it, it's really interesting to watch the way you can see he's stepping into the huddle. He's taking charge, taking command. And it's one of the things that, you know, when you listen to Eric and you guys will hear him, you know, when something happens, he'll tell the quarterback, hey, you got to take charge. And you're starting to see that. I had never heard of this slogan. Uh, it's yeah. obviously not new. Uh, Ron said he's done it in Chicago. I'm guessing EB's done it before. Sam also said he had never had any coach do this with him before. But I think it's pretty fascinating. And I kind of think it's pretty genius that they're, they're miking up their quarterback when they've put such an emphasis on that communication being important to their offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's <clears throat> that's a pretty cool thing. I just, you know, right when this happened, I remember thinking back to when, um, you know, Donovan was here and I was a rookie and Donovan was learning the offense and he would come in and say the wrong play. But a lot of guys were new to the offense, so they didn't know. So Kyle would come in afterwards and be like, what did he say? And no one could articulate exactly what he said. It's like, oh, he told me to do this. And then, you know, like, this is what happened. And that's why we did this, right? But they didn't know for sure, right? And so I think obviously just from like a getting the play out standpoint, it's helpful. But where I think the real value in this lies is at the line of scrimmage. Because, you know, the quarterback is calling the protections. And so what that means is like, for example, on like a, 
like a two or three jet projection protection. So you're going to have a man side and a slide side, and the back is going to work to the man side, right? And so on the slide side, you're going to work to the will linebacker, right? So if you had three linebackers, they're going to work to the will. And it's up to the quarterback to kind of say, this is the mic. And so if the quarterback is calling the wrong player the mic, then the O-line is going to go to the wrong person. And so to me, having that ability to be like, hey, man, because I remember I'd play with quarterbacks and, and they, you know, they'd forget or they wouldn't, you know, whatever. They, they'd mic the wrong guy. And then it would kind of like be like this he said, she said between the offensive line of like the quarterback mic this guy and the quarterback's like, no, I mic this guy. And so now with, with this with this audio system in, you get to line of scrimmage and it's like you can hear Sam's voice, I'm sure, just being like Mike 57. And it's like, OK, so everyone knows now. The O-line's working to number 50. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of thing you're getting here. And the back has to know, right? Um, and so I think that that's something that, to me, is extremely valuable. Is kind of cleaning up this he says, she said, or the quarterback didn't get the play in exactly right. Um, and so uh, I think it's great, especially with a young especially with a young quarterback. That ability to be like, no, man, like, you got you to gotta say this. Or the other thing, just, just from my own personal preference, was uh, quarterbacks that had a specific way of delivering the um, delivering the play, right? So when I played with Matt Schaub in Atlanta, he had a really nice way of being like, you know, we talked about formation, protection, and then tags. And so he would get in the huddle and be like, here's the formation, and give a little, not, not a long pause, but a little bit of a, a beat. And he'd point to the O-line and be like, three jet. And then he'd go around the huddle and be like, Z this, F this t this right and then it was like all right no one should screw that up because he just pointed at you as he went right and that was a very specific thing to him and i thought you know i didn't need it at that point in my career but for all the guys who are a little bit younger it was a great tool so i think this is an awesome kind of coaching tool that allows you to check to make sure the information is getting it correctly you could probably give them some advice hey man take a little bit more time make sure you emphasize the motion a little bit more we got to make sure they hear that and then the mic stuff at the line of scrimmage, you know, or calling the protections, I think is that to me is is probably where the biggest advantage lies. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's also, you know, you would know better than me, obviously, because you've been in thousands of NFL huddles and I've been in zero. Uh, but there's certain quarterbacks, from what I understand, that will give little coaching points or like, yeah. hey, you know, if it's covered two, Terry, I'm coming to you. Like, right. you know, these little things and, and how it one is that communication happening and two, how is it happening? Like, is it productive? Is it, right. you know, is it the quarterback being overloaded? Is he wrong? <laughs> you know, that would be yeah. a huge problem. Hey, we're, we're calling, you know, play X, Y, Z. Terry, it's cover two. I'm coming to you. And EB can be like, no, if it's no. covered three, you're going to that guy. What are you doing? Yeah. So that there's, I think there's just so much information to be gleaned. And, you know, for an offense that is wordy uh, and, and for a coaching staff that puts such an emphasis on communication, it makes sense to give yourself the tools to coach the communication. Right. No, I think that's right. And I think, you know, kind of to, to your point about the hints in the huddle, um, you know, like none of it, because the coverages are so nuanced now, you don't get those same like, hey, man, stay alive versus this anymore. Like you might get like yeah. um, you might get like the, the this is I remember Matt doing this. He'd be like, hey, man, remember, if you get pressed, this is a go. You know what I mean? Just like reminding the receiver um, based on down and distance. So it's third and five. They like to press, you know, and instead of running a hitch like you're running to go. So he can kind of ensure right. that that guy knows, you know. And I think, you know, the, the receiver's not saying I'm running a go. He's saying, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the coaching point on this. Or like when I played with um, 
who was I playing with? It doesn't really matter, but they would be like, Hey man, remember you're standing up on this to me. And I'd be like, yeah. And, and I would know, but it was always nice to kind of have someone who had your back. If that makes sense. And it just confirms you're on the same page. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Absolutely correct. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's a nice, like, and it's not this long, like, hey, I'm throwing you the ball, but it's like, Hey man, like this is our shot play, for example, and they're running a jolt. Hey, just a reminder, be patient. Here we go. And say the play. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little like, hey, this is what I'm expecting. And it's like, right, he wants me to be patient. Let's do it like that. And then, oh, hey, this is this protection and the O-line's all dialed in. Hey man, I'm half rolling. Remember? And and they all know that, but it's just a nice like, this is what we're doing on this play. And it's it's not as detailed as like, hey, it's this coverage, I'm coming here. It's just like these are the little checks and balances that he's expecting. Or, you know, like, hey, if, if it's if it's cover two, make sure you keep this corner flat. Bang. And mm-hmm. we're going to the we're going to the play, you know, so. Right. And, you know, that can be overdone as well. And so that could be something where if, if Sam's trying to do too much of that stuff, EB can pull it back. Like we obviously don't know what's going on, but they do because they've mic'd it up. Uh, the one thing I did want to ask you, Logan, uh, is what what are some other like cool coaching techniques innovations that you've seen in your 10 years in the league uh because i thought this one was was i mean again it's not unique um ron did it way back when ron was in chicago which was in the 2000 it was in the aughts like he got to carolina in like 2011 so we're talking way way long ago um so not new by any stretch of the imagination but certainly innovative and certainly something that that a lot of coaches aren't doing um, but w- anything in particular that you saw during your career that you thought was really cool and innovative in terms of kind of an advanced coaching technique? Yeah. I mean, I've got three things. And so again, I came in 2010 and, you know, I went to a pretty big school in UCLA, but what I, over the course of my 10 year career, one of the things that I thought was really cool was when teams were like, Hey man, you know, the most important downs in football are third down and red zone. Why are those the last days of our install? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are those the last days that we're doing? And so for a long time, for probably, I don't know, my first four or five years, three, four, three, four years in the NFL, we would do first and second down and we would do third down on day like three and then we do red zone on day like seven. And as you've seen already with EB being here, now teams have transitioned to like, hey, we're working two minute, we're working third down, we're working red zone. And those things are almost your, they're not your first day install, but they're damn close. You know what I mean? And so that's, I think, is pretty uh, pretty innovative. The other thing that was innovative during my time that I really liked was when they started recording uh, walkthroughs, uh, recording individuals, excuse me, because if you're working a new technique and you do it in individuals, you could never see it. You'd be like, am I doing it right? Am I kind of just going off the coach? So if they needed that feedback, they could be like, hey, we got this on tape. Let's watch this real quick. And so that's, again, it seems like something silly, but at this level, like every little inch and in detail matters. And then probably the guy that, and I know you don't like him, but, uh, Bill, Cal- <laughs> Bill, Bill, but Bill Callahan and the way he was able to find all of these special strength exercises to develop offensive linemen with the techniques that he wanted and really find, like, to me, there's it's not an accident that he yeah, goes to a place totally. and creates really good offensive line groups. And, you know, we've talked about it, like he probably does too much. 
But that right. whole system of finding like we're doing resisted band sets, we're doing assisted band sets, we're doing drive blocks with the sandbag, like building strength in the positions required to play your position. That was pretty cool. And I think, um, you know, like he's carried that with him for a long time, but that was, I didn't see that until like 2014. O-linemen just were kind of like, hey, we're going to go block without kind of any kind of technical cues and, you know, strength developing exercises. So that was cool. And again, the, the structuring of practice, I thought, was probably the biggest one, the, the biggest kind of league thing that I saw, because that didn't happen until 2013 or 12 with Kyle, where he was like, man, like, what are we doing? And now everybody does a version of that. So I think that's some, those are kind of the three, when I look back on my career, that stick out to me. Yeah, I think that's good. I also like um, the practice setup just made me think of this too. The fact that they're not doing any running place in yeah. practice, I love because like, what's not, what's the point? There is a, some point in practicing them right now, but like those plays come down to the execution of the blocks in football pads and you can't do execution of blocks in football pads without football pads. Yeah. And so you know, receivers can go run their routes and like, yeah, there's a different level of physicality once you're in pads and all that kind of stuff. But with the rules now, it's really not that different. Right. Um, you know, you can hand fight and stuff without pads on. So, um, and honestly, like receivers and DVs, like especially receivers, like they, their pads are pretty, pretty thin. Um, so you can get game like work in the passing game during the spring you cannot with the run game stuff and so i love the fact that they're not really wasting time like you're limited you only have two hours on the field don't spend it on running stuff like yeah. just don't run the football in the spring because not because it's not important not because you you can't walk it through or you know talk about it in meeting rooms but you can't execute it at anything remotely close to game speed or game intensity on the practice field. So do the stuff that you can do at game speed and game, game intensity on the practice field now and worry about that stuff when you get to training camp and you're in pads. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, my old ass is like, I have a lot of anxiety about, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> oh God, they're not doing, you know what I mean? And I, I think the reason I feel that way is because, and, and maybe they maybe they are doing stuff like in walkthroughs and things like that, because there is a very, very high technical um, technical demand in the run game. And what, what I mean by yeah. that is like, you have to make sure the run's targeted correctly, the combinations are all called. It's if, In terms of things that are complex, the... The passing game is relatively simple, which, which is going to sound crazy because that's where most of the production comes. The run game is insanely complicated, right? Because we got to get these calls, the, these certain combinations called. We got to identify who the run's going to. We got to make sure that on we hear force as opposed to Zorro and know that that changes how the run is targeted and the execution of the back. So it is very detailed. But I also think that this this is where you're going to make your money in the pass game. Right. And I heard a coach say like, you know, the screen game is an extension of our run game. So they are getting reps at their run game, quote unquote, with the screen stuff. And I think like, maybe you could kind of tighten up what you're doing in the run game because your pass game is so diverse, you know, and you want to put more eggs in that pass game basket also. And this allows you to detail it up at a really high level. You know, we talked about, you know, when I'm the sit, who am I trying to influence and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think it is great. I think it's, and I think the thing that's cool is when you watch practice, it doesn't seem to impact the intensity at all. Like it's still a very mm -hmm. intense up speed, upbeat type of practice. And, um, you don't need that kind of physical head banging element at this point of the off season. So.
Yeah, definitely. All right, next week on the show, uh, we will do some season-long predictions on the defensive side of the ball for Nick's numbers on Monday and get you ready for the mandatory minicamp. Next week, commanders are in their mandatory period as opposed to what traditionally has been the last week of the offseason. They're doing it in week three, and then they'll have another voluntary session uh, or another voluntary week in week four. But next week, we expect to see Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Charles Leno, obviously, as well. So uh, we'll have that breakdown of how they do by the end of next week. Uh, the enemy also speaks later today as we record this Thursday morning. Uh, so does Jack Del Rio. So uh, we'll have some reaction to what they have to say and how EB thinks all the install and everything is going. His thoughts on Sam Howe. Uh, in the meantime, of course, you can catch us on the radio. I will be there four to seven each and every day on the team 980. Uh, and then we're back next week with two episodes of Take Command. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching, go ahead and hit that like button, assuming that you did. Um, let's be honest. If you made it this far, you probably liked it, unless you hate watching <laughs> in which case, I guess, thanks for the view, but don't hit the like button. Uh, but make sure you are subscribed wherever you are watching or listening right now. And we'll see you next week on Take Command.